Hey, welcome back. Welcome to Aspen. Oh my god. <laughs> it's been a while since we had a shout. The show where two people are going to fight over who gets to say words in the correct order. Mm-hmm. Hey, but ass, welcome. Oh, I've to- already thrown down the gauntlet. All right? I've thrown down the the law. And now it's up to you to decide what happens next, listeners. But hey, ass. Hey. But on your phones now. But on but even on your phones but now. But dial if you but want. But dial. Already to say it. What if, if I just left? copied what you said for the entire show, Ben? I would I would drive to your house and break everything you own. Good luck. You don't know where I live right now, currently. I'm in a secret location. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm on, uh, I pull up IMDb, of course, before we start every episode, and I am already so excited to read the reviews for this episode, but we are getting a little ahead of ourselves, because this yeah. week... Mm. This week, we're going to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart. So near and dear that I made it up. Um, I made up the question today. And that is, what are y'all's most controversial non-political opinions? Travis, you want to start us off? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I've actually got, like, I've got a handful of pretty controversial non-political opinions, I feel like. I'll be the judge of that. Um, My first one is wishing for infinite pizza is not a stupid wish. (sighs) (laughs) It is when one of those wishes could be infinite money. Or perfect hair. You know what? You know what? Travis... If in our lifetime capitalism collapses and now the only way to get pizza is to wish for it, I will I will write you a personal apology. I will add a caveat to my wish. If the American dollar, if the US dollar ever fails and capitalism fails and people start trading bottle caps, that's like whatever the main currency is is going to come. Okay, out of the so your wish includes all currencies. Yes, that makes it worth it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> to get on to my real, real controversial opinion, um, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the show before, but um, expiration dates aren't real. They are made up. They don't matter. You don't have to pay attention to expiration dates. The only thing you have to pay attention to is if your food looks bad or smells bad, then don't eat it. Or makes you sick when you eat it. You should also pay attention to that. Right. But... (laughs) Don't assume it's an expiration date thing. You could just be allergic. Exactly. Like, bread never Um, goes bad, ever. And I know that because I've had bread sitting on my counter for three months. And it's not moldy? I mean, I haven't looked at it. <laughs> it might, you know what? It might fucking be. Who knows? Not me. I mean, if you haven't opened it in forever, because I feel like that's when like mold spores get in. Is when you open and close bread. 
I feel like the fun part about living in the South is that something is always wet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if that yeah, thing is the, the inside of a yeah. bag. People's hands, <laughs> insides of bags, your uh, wife. Something's just magically wet. Something's always wet. Hold on. Ben Shapiro enters the chat to <laughs> contest that <laughs> oh, last God. one, Ben. Yeah, well, uh, he only we lives in Tennessee. We said we wouldn't get political. Oh, mm. God, what? He lives in Tennessee now? Oh, yeah, he lives in happened. Nashville. Yeah, yeah he, he like Christ. relocated to Nashville. Kind of like how all the um, all the conservative talking heads are moving to Texas. Well, yeah. they have no choice. They're getting kicked out of California or something. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that shit. Anyway, but yeah, that's uh, my source is I've worked in food manufacturing and all of our expiration dates were literally made up. <laughs> Cool. We were like, we were like, hey, what would be a good expiration date for this um, bag of spices? I don't know, like a year, sure. <laughs> they are at best a guess as to when the product may not be at its peak, like flavorfulness. Yeah. Um, like the expiration date may be the day that it has a ticket out of Flavor Town. Okay. But at worst, they are capitalistic ploys to get you to buy more product than you need um, and waste food that is in surplus. You know what? I'll tell you right now, I don't believe mustard ever goes bad. No, it doesn't. It's vinegar based. You can put that on my tombstone. You can put on my tombstone. Pickles don't go bad. Ari Kobler didn't believe mustard ever goes bad. Jam doesn't go bad. Canned tomatoes don't go bad. Lemon juice doesn't go bad. Vinegar in general doesn't go bad. Honey doesn't go bad. Sugar doesn't go bad. Salt doesn't go bad. Nothing goes bad. Well, to be fair to salt, it's a rock, you know? Yeah. Hard for a rock to go bad. Also, been around since the beginning of time. So, if there were an expiration date on salt, that shit would have passed like a while ago. It'll be at True. the beginning of time. It'll be at the end of time. Yeah. Salt Salt is, uh, to be fair, the shelf stability on salt is fucking insane. Because, again, yeah. it's a rock. Yeah, it'll Flower. survive. Oh, it'll survive the heat death of the universe. I saw a TikTok once, and it had Hank Green and then two other creators I didn't recognize. And it was too long ago for me to go look it up. I'm sorry, other creators. But basically, the first guy was like, ugh, non-GMO salt. I hate when that happens. And the other two, including Hank Green, was like, I know, me too. And then together they said, salt is not an O. It has no G's to M. (laughs) 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 And you know what? They're right. And I also hate when that happens. That's incredible. You do not need to label naturally gluten-free foods as gluten-free. They're naturally gluten-free. You have to pay an organization to get a specific gluten-free certification. Did you know that? Uh, I did, did actually, because I lived with you for two years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you told me that. You said same with Ari. Did you? I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember exactly where we were sitting. We were in a little apartment uh, off of uh, Whitesburg in Huntsville, Alabama. And you said, Ari, 
Did you know you have to pay a certification to uh, get your food labels gluten-free? And I said, Trev, buddy, I did not know that. Thank you for that information. I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. That's what happened. <laughs> As you did. You yep. also have to Here I am. You also have to pay to be certified organic, but you don't have to pay anything to say something is all natural. Yes. Anything can be all natural. Did you know that if your food product is technically under 5 calories per serving, you can say it has 0 calories? Yep. Yeah. So that zero calorie spray is actually not 0 calories. Yeah, that it makes is sense. many calories. Because it's oil, and oil is a lot of calories. It's under five calories if you spray it per the serving size, which is a fourth of a second spray. Wow, that yeah. was very quick. What are we, the Flash? <laughs> yeah, we're all I hope you get one. your pan lubed up in that time. Because if you don't, it's going to get insane. Just don't worry about it. Just use the fucking oil. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Just like when... Uh, one makes everything taste good. Two, makes everything cook better. True. It browns it. Yeah. Do y'all remember when, like, soda cans were, like, or, like, Coke cans were, like, more than a serving in a single fucking can? And, like, yes. who was splitting those up? Oh, God. Now we get to my actually non-controversial, non-political opinion. If you give me a snack-sized bag, do not put five servings in there. Or rather, ah, yeah. do not say that the serving that there's five servings in that bag. Because you know people buy, they do this the most with like chips. But I've mm, seen it done with mm-hmm. candy bars too, which is just the most baffling. People yeah. buy candy bars and then they eat the entire thing in one sitting. As you do. Yeah, as you're supposed to do with a candy bar. Nobody buys a Reese's and is like, oh, there's two servings in this. I better save half my Reese's. Like, no, nobody fucking does that. Everybody's both Reese's cups. Just say, stop trying to make your food look lower calorie than it is. Just say there's one serving and that serving is 5,000 calories. Just say that, okay? Mm-hmm. We both know I'm going to eat the whole bag of chips. Don't try to be like, it's actually only 160 calories. Bullshit. It's 460 because there's 15 servings of chips in here. All right? I'm going to eat the whole thing at once. Anyways, oh, yeah, that's sorry, the other that's, thing. Uh, serving, rant. serving sizes are totally up to the manufacturer. And sometimes like, they're they bullshit. Can, they can just decide that there are five servings in that snack bag. When yeah. they could have decided that that snack bag is one serving. It is one serving. Me and God and everybody else knows that. Jesus. So. Yeah. It's just, it's fucking weird because I do, like, I haven't looked at anything from Trader Joe's recently, but I feel like their serving sizes make sense, but everybody else's are just fucking stupid. Like, I'm not going to stop at three Oreos. I'm going to finish the fucking sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say, um, I'm on the Trader Joe's train. Yeah, we, we got a Trader Joe's recently and I first went there and I was like, I don't see what the hype is about. And then I tried one package of soup dumplings and I was like, never mind. I was so wrong. Please forgive me, Trader Joe's. <laughs> I'll never betray you again. <laughs> so and now I'm all in for Trader Joe's. I'm all in. It kicks ass. <sighs> and y'all said it was They're like the same company as Aldi, so right? Good. Yes. Yeah, it's like the same parent company. Hmm. 
So, um, who else has a non-political, very controversial opinion that they I've want to one. share with the class? Hit us with it. So, this is because I keep seeing this recently. Uh, because Elden Ring just came out, like, a few weeks ago. I think, yeah. Uh, and I keep seeing both sides, and I agree with both sides of this argument, and it's that Souls games need an easy mode. They don't. Just take your time, learn how to play the goddamn game. It's not that hard. I understand if you don't have like a whole lot of time to do it. Just, it's not hard to sit down and learn to play these fucking games, and I'm tired of people being like just... Because you can get overpowered really fast, do some research, play the game. I know it's like a $60 buy-in. God damn, it's... I mean, every it, game is a $60 buy-in. Yeah. It, like, if you Unless want, you, if you wait truly, years to buy the game. Yeah. If you I truly mean, want the easy mode of Dark Souls, just buy fucking Horizon Zero Dawn. Apparently it's the same game as Elden Ring. I, I'm actually, because I see your point, Ben, and I think we've mm-hmm. actually had this conversation before, and I was like... Oh, we have. Yeah, don't buy an, a, a Dark Souls game and expect it to be easy. Like, that's part of the, the like, appeal, I guess, or the marketing. Yeah. But I think that if somebody... And I don't necessarily think that the manufacturer mm-hmm. needs there to be an easy mode, but there are, like, mods you can download... Yeah. To make Dark Souls easier. And I think if somebody goes out of their way to download a mod, like, I think that's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. See, that's that's also where I, I'll go with this. Like, because I saw one guy made an easy mode mod for Elden Ring, and it came out, yeah. like, today or yesterday. And a dude, another dude made, like, a hard mode mod just in response to that. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. And, like, people, it just fueled the argument more. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Because, <laughs> I don't know, A, y'all got what y'all wanted, B, because I think the biggest, well, the other problem with mods is you can't do that on Xbox and PlayStation. That's like a PC, or PC exclusive. Is right. Is that you could like mod shit. Well, and I that's think a lot of people... Real gamers use... No, I'm just kidding. I'm, we're not starting that <laughs> argument. Yeah, that's a whole other argument. <laughs> That's my controversial. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's not true. It's if um, if systems, if like PlayStation and Sony, or yeah, if PlayStation and Xbox started allowing mods on their consoles, other than for like uh, Bethesda games, mm-hmm. I feel like this argument would stop, and that would be great. But it's not going to because they're not gonna because their servers are weird and. If you allowed mods in one game, you're going to have to allow them in everything, and then we're going to have, like, mm-hmm. Call of Duty multiplayer problems to a crazy-ass yeah. extent. Um, that and uh, Pineapple Goes on Pizza. Fuck you, Travis. <laughs> pineapple does go on pizza, and this we completely agree I'm, and are friends. I'm neutral in the Pineapple Pizza on War. Okay. Uh, are you like, still calling it Sin? That's growth. You know what that is, Travis? I mean, yeah, That's gross. it's it's still a sin, but I'm neutral <laughs> to it. I I love the sinners, hate right? The <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, you love the no, sinners. Actually, you I, hate the sin of delicious pizza. 
I wanted to circle back to your um, Elden Ring thing real quick. Okay. Just that, like, I understand. I also understand why people would want an easy mode in uh, FromSoft games. But also, I think it a big part of that side of the argument discounts difficulty as part of game design. Yeah, mm. fuck. And, like, because that's something that Fallout New Vegas gets massive credit for all of the time where it's like, hey, if you go north out of Good Good Springs, you're going to get fucked up because that's the hard area, right? Like, yeah, Yeah. why? That's like Quincy uh, Junction or whatever. Yeah, that's Quarry Junction Junction. and there's a there's a huge area full of Cazadors up there too. Yeah. There's like rad scorpions and Cazadors on the way. Um like and yeah, like Fallout New Vegas, Fallout games in general have like a hard easy, difficult survival mode, that kind of stuff. But even still like even relative to like Fallout's easy mode, if you go run into a Deathclaw at level one, you're going to get fucked up every yeah. single time. Um, unless you know what you're doing, you've learned the game and you know how to uh, get the flare gun and get uh, Deathclaws to run away from you for a short amount of time. Or like, you use console commands to give yourself unlimited <laughs> health. And, uh, <laughs> or have you considered cheating? Um <laughs> Actually, that brings up the other side of this debate, because I think it's perfectly valid to use console commands, put yourself into God mode, and play any game you want that way. And that's the ultimate easy mode. Like, you cannot die. You have unlimited health. You have unlimited stamina. You have unlimited energy. So if you're doing, like, you know, martial attacks or magic or whatever. Somebody's got D&D on the brain. I, look, (laughs) here's how I feel about this ultimately. And that is, I understand that there is an impulse to be like, this is the way the game was meant to be played. This is the way the devs wanted it. But I Mm. also believe that games are for fun for like 99.9% of the people who play them. Yeah. And what's fun for some people is that really difficult challenge. And what's fun for others is a Fallout 3. I want to wander around the world and have nothing be too difficult to where I can't handle it you know what i mean yeah so yeah uh once again where i fall on the side of the debate is i think people should just do whatever the fuck they want yeah and not feel bad Definitely. about it yeah if you want easy mode dark souls or Soulsborne games play on pc mod the fuck out of it mm-hmm. go nuts use console uh, commands to give yourself unlimited health yeah uh, but if you do that don't play online because you will get banned yeah and don't play also, competitively because you will get banned. Also, Can don't you say you want to play Elden Ring or any FromSoft game on easy mode for the story. No, you don't. <laughs> the story is so... as a, Just read the story on Wikipedia like everyone else does anyway. Or go listen to Vati Vidya and his dulcet tones explain all of the games to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> You're not going to... You're not going to understand the fucking story. Yeah, Nobody like, does. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure George R. R. Martin and Hideki Miyazaki don't fucking understand the games. Yeah, they're like, hey, there's some turtles. That's yeah. it. That's the game. Yeah, I will tell you right now. <laughs> That's what's funny. I have there's watched, a shit ton of turtles. 
<laughs> I have watched hours of Dark Souls games. I have had two different people explain to me the plot of Dark Souls games. I could not hmm. tell you what a single Dark Souls game is about. Oh, I can tell you what Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, and Dark Souls 3 is about in a pretty brief description. Hit us with it. Uh, the world is failing, uh, and you have to save it. Boom. That's, oh, okay. Nice. That's straight up the entire story. That's uh, every game. Yep. <laughs> That's all games. It's all games. You You're know welcome. what? Hey, you just described all of the Dragon Age games. Yep. Up. <laughs> oh, world's I even, fucked. <laughs> I even sort of described Mario. Yep. Yeah. Pokemon. And you definitely described Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um... Actually, I feel like the if you want an easy Dark Souls game, go play Breath of the Wild. Could be applied here. Uh, what's, Definitely. What's really funny about comparing uh, specifically Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is that Elden Ring is basically just Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild without uh, weapon breaking stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's actually easier. Yes. <laughs> Sort of. Because <laughs> you get to keep your weapons for longer than, like, two combat encounters. Oh, no, you, like, they, there's no weapon degradation in Elden That's Ring, amazing. which is dope. I will go ahead and say I love Breath of the Wild more than I love my potential, like, future children. Um, and I don't mind having a weapon degradation system in Breath of the Wild mm. or in any game, but they should have either given me more weapons or made it so I could fix the weapons that were breaking. Yeah. Or like upgrade them or some shit. Yeah. 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 Instead of just finding more, which actually maybe kind of defeats the purpose of having weapon degradation. Mm. I'm not a game designer. I don't know, but like, Or at least have them last longer. Like, I would get really cool weapons, and then I'd hoard them, because I know that if I use them in, like, one battle, they would be almost broken. Yeah. So, Honest- in in Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Bloodborne... Bloodborne, you actually had to go and fix them. But uh, in Demon Souls and Dark Souls, you could just repair your weapons when you sat down at a bonfire, which also, like, replenished your healing stuff. Mm-hmm. So Elden Ring could have done that, and if Breath of the Wild had bonfires or just a blacksmith that you could see, like having some sort of fixing mechanic to the weapons would have made that game a little bit more fun, in my opinion. So the game actually does have a fixing mechanic to the weapons, but only like three, like five weapons. Yeah, so I mean, but the how masters... many other kinds of weapons, though? Well, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the issue. So the Master Sword will never, like, truly break. It just, like, loses power and you have to let it recharge. And then the champion's weapons um, also can be fixed. But the issue with the champion's weapons is that after a certain point, not all of them, but, like, I would say probably half of them, maybe four-thirds, or, you know, maybe uh, three-fourths of them are just kind of like useless once you get to a high enough level Mm -hmm. like by the if you do the entire game and don't just like use a potlet to defeat ganon in the first five minutes um once you get off the great plateau 
the champion's weapons, by the time you're ready to actually face Ganon, the champion's weapons are kind of, like, useless by that point. Yeah, Except, they're not, depending on when you get them, they're not even that great to begin with. Yeah, oh, I would say the exception to that, and my personal favorite, is Revali's bow, because it shoots three arrows, each arrow does... 10 damage that's base 30 damage the durability on Revali's weapon is actually pretty um good so it lasts a little longer than a lot of the other bows it's not the best bow in the game by far there's definitely Lionel bows that are much better but they're it's pretty easy to acquire and it's pretty good do you know what I mean because you can keep fixing it and you don't have to beat Lionel's for them because mm-hmm. Lionel's are one of the Oh, huh? no, keep going. Keep going. I was going to say Lionels are one of the harder enemies in the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the Lionels that have the really good weapons are obviously, like, very difficult. Um, I will say that those were an enemy I enjoyed fighting in Breath of the Wild were the uh, Lionels. I enjoyed fighting them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really bad at the, like, time my flip just right so I get the flurry of bows attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever I go up against a Lionel, I'm like bomb arrow, bomb arrow, bomb arrow, bomb, like just constantly. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm actually pretty good at aiming the arrows in Breath of the Wild, so I'm usually able to get them on the uh, like their brow so that they go down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I hop on their have back, you- and I'm just like. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Have you seen the video of the person uh, like? Critical striking the Lionel with a bow and then just smashing it with a magnetized rock. No, yep. but that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. They just they they hit the critical and it like you know it hunkers down because it's like out or whatever, and then it they pick up the magnetized rock and like smash it a few times, and then it wakes back up and they hit it with an arrow again. And then they smash it a few more times, and I think they they do it like three times in general, and it finally dies. It's absolutely incredible. <laughs> Some oh, of yeah. the trick shots people do in Breath of the Wild are fucking amazing. Oh yeah, I am Hell. still like flabbergasted by the player who is in the temple with all of the um, guardians. Yeah, and just oh, fucking yeah. like so the so for those of you who don't play Breath of the Wild. You can, essentially, if you're about to be, like, hit by a projectile from a monster, if you time it just right, you can actually use your shield to send it back. Mm -hmm. And this player just was up against, like, a couple of guardians, and they each will send beams of light to you that will really fuck you up if you get hit by one, if you don't have enough health. And um, he just fucking, like, boom, 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 one after the other, each hit destroyed his shield, and he was, so, I don't know if it was a he, each hit destroyed their shield, and they were so quick getting out a new shield and just blasting it back. It was amazing. Amazing. It's a hell of a video. Mm-hmm. So, would you guys like to know my controversial opinion that is not yeah. political? Yes. I've actually got um, a couple more now since our video game talk started. Here was my original one. Here's the one that inspired this question. I think if you wait for the proper moment and you clean up afterwards, you should be able to pick your nose without shame. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, obviously, like, you don't want to be picking your nose at a funeral and leaving it in the coffin. 
or like during a job interview. Mm-hmm. But you got some junk up there and you got to get it out. Just get it out. Don't, there's no shame in that. Yeah, traffic at the store. Oh, especially if you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. don't be flicking boogers everywhere, but like clean up, you know? Put it mm-hmm. in the trash, I- wash your hands. I pick my nose all the time. Yeah, it's totally and natural. Yeah, it is super satisfying when I get a really good one out of there. Oh, Look, hell yeah. In an ideal world, everyone would go back to carrying handkerchiefs, and we would just always have a handkerchief on us. But we don't live in that world. We live in a world sans napkins for blowing our noses all the time. Sometimes there's a piece of gold we got to get out. I mean, I just keep, like, a shit ton of McDonald's napkins in my car over oh, a large porn. Sprite with light ice, and bam, they give me, like, a they give me like eight handfuls of napkins. Oh, mm-hmm. you will order one drink from McDonald's, and they will assume you're having a soiree where yeah. you're just sharing that one Sprite, and everyone needs their own individual napkin for their tiny cups. Yeah. And in a fitting turn of irony, if you order a McFlurry... They won't give you any. They won't even give you a McFlurry. Not a single one. (laughs) Yeah. So this is true. I went to McDonald's and I tried the new Shamrock Shake McFlurry. And they basically forgot. They didn't give it to me at first. They gave me something entirely different. And I was like, that's not what I ordered. And uh, so they had to like on the fly make it. And they basically just made the McFlurry and then went, oh, shit, it was supposed to be the Shamrock McFlurry. So they just poured the green syrup on top of it and didn't really mix it. So they handed me this cup of what was basically a McFlurry with a little bit of green liquid on top. That's kind of hilarious. And I was just like, okay, thanks. And no napkin. (laughs) And I got that green fluid everywhere. Oh, I fucking believe it. Holy shit. Do you know what's funny though? Taste mint? Is that the? Is that? Are they mint ice cream? Yeah, it's supposed to be minty. So it doesn't with, taste like shamrock. No. Okay, I don't even like know what Irish that would taste like. Similar to dandelions, I would assume. Mm, dandelions. It's pretty fucking hilarious, though, that they were like, "Oh shit, just throw it on top." Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was like they were running out of their their unfortunate little counter was running down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, can I go ahead and say that? Um. Oh, my other controversial opinions. Mm-hmm. Honestly, none of these are actually very controversial. I just wanted to complain. Uh-uh. <clears throat> yeah, no I hate hot takes cr- are that hot. Oh, yeah, no. Lukewarm at best. Hmm. I dislike, deeply dislike, um, crafting in video games. Ah. And I will really? never do it. Okay. <laughs> Ever. I just don't like it. I, I actually say... hate weapons, weapons degradation systems because I hate making new weapons. I don't mind crafting as long as you get a little bit of experience points from it. Yeah. Because 
that is probably one of my favorite things about Fallout 4 is that you can just be fucking around with settlement building oh yeah and gain like five levels especially if you have low intelligence and idiot savant you can get the idiot savant gets triggered by anything Mm -hmm. including crafting Mm -hmm. so you can just like make a fence and gain like 400 xp from it yeah hell in a fucking skyrim you can go from like low level to insane level uh, just by making fucking daggers Like, just little yeah. steel daggers. You get so much XP's from doing that. All right. Hell yeah. Yes, yeah. Skyrim does that too. I forgot. Mm-hmm. I have one more thing I want to complain about, really. And this is actually is kind of political. So, have y'all ever heard of a product called The Last Tissue? No. Um, I, I think I might have. Okay. It is, I'm on their website right now, the reusable tissue pack and the big box. Last Tissue is a reusable, hygienic, and soft-on-the-nose alternative to single-use tissues. Each can be washed up to 520 times. Bring Last Tissue on the go or keep Last Tissue box in your home. Let's go ahead and shop for one of these, okay. one of yes. these guys. One- I have seen this. I've seen this whole company before. Their whole thing is supposed to be like, renewable versions of you know one use items yeah um if you wanted to buy just one reusable tissue with the pack is 24 dollars holy bitch shit. that is a fucking handkerchief yeah yeah you know what a handkerchief is a, t- a square cloth i'm just gonna go just get any, a rag any yeah any cloth i'm gonna cut up a t-shirt I'm going to give it a little hem, and I'm going to use that yeah, <laughs> over your shitty fucking handkerchief that costs $24. I can't. I can't. And it's just a white handkerchief with a box. If I wanted to go on Etsy right now and buy a handmade, personalized handkerchief with a design, I'm looking at it. I got $11... set of three handkerchiefs that are fun colors for $13. Here's one for $14. I can get my initials. $24 and I can have it personalized with like a quote. Okay, here's a question. How do you feel about renewable toilet paper? Like reusable toilet wipes. Like a bidet? I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. You have to use them in tandem with a bidet. Otherwise, it's too disgusting. Um, mm. I feel like... Because I, I will say, as, an, as a multi-time-a-day bidet user... Ta-da. You really just bidet your way... <laughs> you really say, bidet your day away. <laughs> I could have I really do. lived my as a, entire as a life. Multi- as a multi-use, multi-time bidet a day user. A multi-award winner. <laughs> Travis has an Oscar for using a bidet. bidet. I use a bidet a lot throughout the day. I, I can tell you. A bidet a day keeps the I doctor have, away. 
I have been living in my in, in my current apartment. I have been living here for exactly one year. Hey, hey, yeah, and uh, but I have bought purchased with money toilet paper twice. I mean, honestly, how many rolls are in the pack? Um. Because if it's like one of those like twenty four count <laughs> toilet paper boxes, I, I don't think it's twenty four. It might have been sixteen. But still, uh, a year and only uh, having to buy it twice, like it's yeah. Funny, yeah. I, I go through more than twenty four rolls of toilet paper a year. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, forty. Forty eight. plus. Yeah, I got there. Okay. The point is, is that um, I'm proud of you, buddy, and now I want a bidet. So that yeah, I too never have to buy toilet paper again. They're great. The gang bidets a day away. That's if somebody were like, if somebody were like, "Hey, you can never use toilet paper again, but you get a bidet and reusable toilet paper," I would be like, "I'll make it work." But I would also, most of the time, I feel like be like, you know, I'm cool letting this air dry. Like I'll just spend a couple extra minutes you know yeah. diddling around on my phone yeah i mean if you got a really fancy bidet may have a dryer on it it may too. honestly yeah i just get up and do that side uh, zoidberg wiggle from futurama when he doesn't have the shell <laughs> on <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah i would say i would say i would take the reusable toilet paper just in case hmm. but ultimately i would be like I'm probably never going to use this or only use it under like dire circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think I've got all my controversial opinions out and I think I'm, uh, I think I'm ready to, um, ready to talk about this controversial episode of Supernatural. This extremely controversial episode of Supernatural. Yes. So what's it called? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You don't uh, have that memorized yet? You haven't memorized the entire season list? I barely know what the episodes are as I watch them. Travis barely (laughs) remembers them as we watch them. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, it's captives. Captives! Hey, did captives manage to make us a captive audience? Uh, I can uh, already tell you it didn't. (laughs) Did captives captivate us? Eh. Are we captives of this podcast? Yes. Send help. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's let's, uh, let's talk about it. Wait, Travis, what's Uh, it about? Oh yeah, Travis, what's it about? It's about... The magic is uh, Sam and Dean tie each other up. How? With rope. No, I mean like if one of them's tied up, how does the how does the other one get tied up? Oh, Sam has his powers back. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) That's a twist. (laughs) Travis, you remember something the writers didn't. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Let's watch it or talk about it. it. Yeah. Yeah.
And we're back. We're back. Um, before the break, Ari or Ben, whoever did, asked if captives would captivate us as an audience. And the answer was no, because about halfway through this episode, I remembered that I have some pizza yeast. And I got up and started making pizza dough and forgot that I was watching an episode of Supernatural. Oh, my God. <laughs> it seems very on brand for you, Travis. It really does. So, so, it's a brand. This episode starts so strong. If it makes you feel better, the <laughs> it did not turn out. I tried to make cheesy bread. It did not turn out. The yeast is definitely dead. It. I mean, it doesn't make me feel better. Better is not the word, because now I'm thinking about how much I want cheesy bread. Yeah, <laughs> fucking A. So, I, this episode, start, like, the cold open started so strong, and I was like, fuck yes. This is good, this is it. This is a good Supernatural episode. We haven't had one of these in a while. And my kingdom for the universe where this episode is a standalone bottle episode. But we didn't get that. No, yeah. we didn't. We did not we did not get that. We got a bullshit drama episode. We got a bullshit <sighs> bullshit fucking episode. Cuz here's how the episode this? starts. It starts Yeah, uh, you you go. You, yeah, you keep going. Okay, it starts with Sam and Deed in the bunker and like they notice that like shit's moving around and and you know, haunting stuff. And then Sam's like, hey, did you? And Dean comes out and he's like, yep, bunker, bunker's haunted. And it reminded me so much of my favorite tweet of all time, which is a NASA employee. Oh, hey, you guys are back early. Astronaut, moon's haunted. NASA employee, what? Yeah. <laughs> Loading a pistol and getting back on the rocket ship. Moon's haunted. <laughs> yeah. um, Such a so good tweet. Basically, all of the dialogue in this episode makes me feel like the writers were just sitting around getting high saying, what would be something cool for Dean and Sam to say? Yeah. You know what I feel like uh, the writers were also doing? Not watching seasons four through eight of Supernatural? Yeah. But because to be there's... fair, who other than us watched those? <laughs> Several people? <laughs> I assumed also the writers? I assumed incorrectly. Okay, this is where my, like, extreme knowledge of Supernatural comes into play. Because Kaz says some wackadoo shit. This episode that just, it blows my mind that nobody in the writer's room was like, uh, hey, Kaz can't say he's never murdered somebody. Two, three seasons ago, he murdered everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The the cast stuff really made absolutely no sense. Yeah. Oh, it, they also were like, hey, what if we made Bartholomew Cass's friend? Which I feel like would have been brought up. Maybe he did bring it up. It Honestly, it's been a while since Bartholomew's introduced. To the point when he got introduced and I was like, oh, you guy and then i had to go look him up because i did not remember who he was yeah yeah um i yeah bartholomew has not been talked about 
we're in what episode 14 i don't think yeah. he's been talked about in 10 episodes yeah i basically was like aha you dastardly bastard fuck you you well-dressed fuck so he actually, I've actually got his uh, page up right now on supernaturalwiki.com slash Bartholomew. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. supernaturalwiki.com. My he favorite shows, website. Uh, uh, prior to this episode, which is his last episode, he shows up in I'm No Angel, and then he is discussed in Holy Terror, which is episode nine, and I'm No Angel is episode three, and then mm-hmm. he showed up again in uh, in this episode. So literally eleven episodes. Yeah, it took eleven episodes to get back to Bartholomew legitimately. Yes, yeah, because yeah, he doesn't show up in episode nine. He just is talked about. That's the episode yeah. where Cass gets his grace back. One might say mm-hmm. Cass gets his groove back, but also yeah. one might not. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Cass says some shit this episode, and I'm just like. Were you there for all the stuff you did? Like, all the... It's fine that Cass has changed. Like, my issue is not the character development. If Cass doesn't want to go around killing angels anymore, that's fine. Although, he did kill Bartholomew at the end of this episode. So, like... He killed a dead, like, fucking hard. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, this is not going... This this, uh, life change is basically, like, a New Year's resolution for him. Yeah, fuck. I not although going well. the whole time I was thinking, like the whole time Cass and Bartholomew were interacting, I was thinking Cass could wreck Bartholomew's shit no problem. Oh, and guess 100%. what? He did. He did, and he didn't even break a sweat doing it. Yeah. And I was like, honestly, the moment when Cass killed Bartholomew, I was like, yes, this is great. All, everything leading up to it yeah. could have been totally different. If anything, Cass needs to murder more people. Yeah. Quit quit this whole pacifist streak. Just kill everyone, Cass. Yeah. yeah. Kill every... Be you become the ruler of heaven. Take it. It's yours. Kill um, them all, Cassie. I will go ahead and say that... The story that Bartholomew and Cass shared didn't make any sense to me. So Cass and Bartholomew fought together in the war and Cass was Bartholomew's commander. Mm-hmm. And um, they fought somebody and then Cass went back to base and left Bartholomew with the captives, and then Bartholomew captured and killed them all under orders. Who's yeah, under whose orders? That's war? what I was trying to figure out. Like, was the the, the, okay, it was the, the war Korean between. War? No, <laughs> it was the war with Raphael. Okay, but that doesn't make any sense because then they would have been Cass's orders. He yeah. was leading the war against exactly. Raphael. They kept trying to be like, Cass wasn't leading that war. Then who was? I want to talk to that guy. Because he has some explaining to do. Yeah. What I think, I think what was supposed to be happening is a Cass and Bar is a situation where Cass and Bartholomew were war buddies on the same rank, but then Cass 
rose like he rose to the occasion and became the best the best main boy. Yeah. While he left Bartholomew in the in, like in the back. Uh and basically like forgot about Bartholomew on his way to the top. And so that's why Bartholomew uh is such an asshole. So I think it wasn't supposed to be that it wasn't supposed to be that Cass was directly commanding Bartholomew is that it was that at one point Bartholomew did these things under someone's command. Okay. That was very confusing and I feel like not written out well because it it wasn't. Because it it seems like it happened right after. Like, Cass left. He was, you know, in command of Bartholomew and the whole army during the Civil War. And then Cass left and Bartholomew got these orders like two seconds later and then killed and and killed and murdered everybody. Mm -hmm. And tortured them or whatever. And they were like... uh... Because later in the episode, Bartholomew's like, they sent you away because they knew you couldn't handle torturing people, but I knew you would do whatever it takes. Who's we? Who's they? Yeah. Whoever was commanding Castiel. Because I don't think Castiel was... He wasn't, like, the sole figurehead against Raphael. Wasn't he, though? He was just on the side against Raphael. I, I I feel like we're remembering two different season six things because I definitely remember a scene in season six where Cass and Raphael meet up and Cass throws down the gauntlet. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have anybody help him or like didn't have any other generals or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just seems like he was like the most in charge. And I don't remember them introducing anyone else who like would have been over Cass. Yeah, see, well, that's the thing. Like, the whole Civil War thing in Season 6 was so underplayed. It really was, which is leading to issues now. Exactly. Like, that was, it was a huge thing with, like, what even happened in Season 6? They were like, oh, Sam doesn't have a soul. Heaven Civil War. And was that, that was Eve, right? It was, was season six. in fact, Eve. I was waiting to oh, see if Jesus you remembered Christ. her. <laughs> yeah, so they were too busy fucking around with Eve when they could have been doing something way more interesting yeah. with the Angel Civil War. I do remember season six being like, dang, I can't wait to hear more about this Angel Civil War. And then it barely ever came up yeah, because they I were know. trying to set up Leviathans instead. <sighs> so stupid. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I had a huge issue with, like, every, half the shit Cass said. Again, because he's being like, I'm not... They Basically what it is, is it's pla- passing blame. Like, for some yeah. reason, we can't have Cass have done those terrible things. It's somebody else's fault. And, yeah, Naomi definitely, you know, brainwashed him into doing some murders. But not every decision he made was because of Naomi. Like, not... Mm. It wasn't necessarily all heaven. Like, he has to own up to some of that. Yeah, he did some fucked up shit definitely on his own. Yeah, and I feel like they kind of bounce back and forth 
between, you know, what other people made him do and what he did on his own so quickly. It was just very confusing and doesn't make any sense. Also, the whole reason why Cass is wandering around a cemetery at the beginning of the episode is because he's looking for an angel named Rebecca. We have never met Rebecca before. She is in charge of a whole angel faction we have never heard of called the Penitents. Also from SupernaturalWiki.com, the Penitents are basically a group of angels who are like, ah, we have really fucked up. We feel bad about it. We are penitent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh And then, um, also, before the fall, Rebecca was known to be an associate of Metatron. After the fall, Rebecca gave up the warring and politics of heaven, believing that angels had lost track of their true mission. Before the fall? Do you mean, like, billions of years ago is when she knew Metatron? Cass is using, like, his best lead on Metatron is somebody who was friends with him billions of years ago? I mean, what's a billion years to an angel? I mean, a billion years, really? Yeah. I would imagine. At least a couple billion. Oh, yeah, because that means that, yeah, Rebecca, that means Rebecca knew Metatron before he went into hiding. Yeah. Which was when? Uh, after Lucifer after... was locked in the cage, like right after. Okay, damn. And after he wrote all the tablets, right? Yeah. Yeah, shit. That's like, yeah, that's some pre-humanity shit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, <laughs> like, Cass is fucked. <laughs> because he's, his best lead on Metatron is a friend of his. Who hasn't seen him in billions of years? Things have changed, Cass. Yeah, like because the only person that had contact with Metatron before the fall was Cass. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. He should be questioning himself. That is a better lead. <laughs> I feel like what happened is that so the guy who wrote this episode is Robert Barron's who also wrote, he's written a bunch of supernatural shit. He's also written, um, he's an executive producer, or a consulting producer on Doom Patrol. Mm. Um, He wrote an episode of Doom Patrol. He's worked on a lot of TV stuff. And he was an executive producer on Supernatural. Um, The other, other episode he's written is Heaven Can't Wait. Which is, uh, that's the one where uh, Cass is working in the gas station. Right, right? yeah, that Human was a Cass. pretty okay one. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely one of like the better season nine episodes. Um, so he's written that one in this, and then he wrote later on as well. He wrote um, episodes we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, the only thing I can think is that somebody neglected to tell Robert Barron's like a, like a script supervisor or whoever supervises and makes sure the continuity goes well on shows like this forgot to tell Robert Barron's that nobody has seen Metatron in billions of years. Yeah. Because he's been in hiding. So, like, he's thinking that he, Metatron had angel friends who have seen him kind of recently and would maybe have 
like a clue into who he was or what he was doing. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think that makes sense is that like whoever is in charge of Supernatural's continuity throughout the show just like dropped the ball. And then kept dropping the ball and yeah. probably dropped it down into a sewer drain Almost. and went, well, I'm not going to go down there. There's probably some creepy clown that'll murder me. So yeah. no, thank you. I will go ahead and say outside of like continuity issues, even if anything Cass was saying and like Bartholomew were saying wasn't um, just incorrect to the show's lore, I would also say this episode would also suffer because the dialogue was bad. Yeah. Like bad is definitely the word. Some of the lines that Bartholomew says, it's just like, you hear yourself, right? Like, do you hear what you're saying? This is stupid. What you're saying is so dumb. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up some of the quotes from this episode. Of course, we had, "Yep, bunkers haunted." That's probably the best line from this episode. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I like some of the stuff Mrs. Tran said too. Honestly, this whole episode should have been her. This should have yeah. been two different episodes. This, you know, yes, uh, I agree. think. Thinking about how you said, Ari, how it could have been a bottle episode. This could have been a bottle episode specifically about Mrs. Tran. And it ends when Sam and Dean come in and save her. Oh, my God. Yes. I would have loved that. Like, it could have have been a a multi-stage bottle episode where she has been in captivity for however long... And documenting her time in captivity up to the time where her and Sam, like Sam comes into her unit and then all that shit happens. Like mm-hmm. that would have been, that would have been a good episode of television, but yeah. I forgot that we're watching Supernatural. I will say, okay, so at the end of the episode, um, Kevin is like, hey, Sam and Dean, y'all need to make up. Like, stop fighting. And then... Well, he was like, get over my death, please. Oh, well, yeah. That I did agree with. But, okay, Mm -hmm. he says... Actually, I have the quotes. I couldn't find any Bartholomew quotes because uh, even the fans on IMDb are like, yeah, we're not putting these up there. But he was saying some real dumb shit. Like, I'm going to torture everyone and I'll kill you and I'll kill your mom. Like, it was uh, stupid. Yeah. Here's a here's a Bartholomew quote. Realizing it. they were more trouble than they were worth, we purged our human allies, then commandeered Boyle Ministries Incorporated for our own use. Uh, and then Cass says, "Buddy Boyle, so you killed him?" And he says, "No, we made him and his colleagues vessels. At least those who didn't go pop." Oh God! When we remake the show in twenty to thirty thousand years, we should just have Cass. <laughs> fully out of character be like hey you know how that sounds right like are you yeah. hearing yourself right now you sound so stupid and also evil what's going on man mm. um kevin says hey before i go would you guys promise me something and dean says yeah and sam says anything which like this is something you can promise man kevin says can you two get over it dudes just because you couldn't see me doesn't mean I couldn't see you. The drama, the fighting, it's stupid. My mom's taking home a ghost. 
you two, you're both still here. And then Sam says, of course, promise. And Dean says, yeah. And Kevin says, good. Then he leaves. And Dean says, well, that was Sam is immediately gone. <laughs> Sam yeah. really fucks off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dean ends the episode in his bedroom, listening to hard rock music and just staring into the middle distance. It is hilarious. Honestly, it's so funny. But also so tiring. And I'm yeah. done with the stupid fight. Um, it's not stupid, but also like I'm done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, tired of uh tired of the boys drama. Yeah, I know, right? Blech. I So here is my proposed rewrite for this episode. It's a bottle episode. The the bunker is haunted, not by Kevin, but by something else, right? Mhm. And then Sam and Dean, over the course of the episode, while they're trying to deal with this ghost, which for some reason is like, so because the bunker is so, you know, warded up, they're like, there's no way it's like, it's impossible for something to get in. There's, there's no fucking way. Um, so what the hell is going on? So they're having a hard time getting rid of this ghost because of that. And over the course of the episode, because they're in this like they're they're trapped together trying to deal with this issue they have to also deal with their problems mm-hmm. and they come to a place in the middle together where Sam's like I understand you don't want to be alone but what you did was fucked up and then what you did after I possessed with the gaslighting was fucked up and Dean was like yeah but you know like I had to save you. Like, basically, that is, it's an organic way to explore their relationship and have them make up while also having some Scooby-Doo ghost hijinks. And we get that sweet and sour, right? So we get the bitterness of them dealing with their relationship, but it's also a funnier episode because it's a bottle episode without a whole lot of consequences. Yeah. Because they're just trying to get a ghost to go to the afterlife. Exactly. I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not having to deal with Mrs. Tran, like, learning her son is dead. Mm. We're just like, you know, there is a serious issue in are Sam and Dean ever going to make up? But then there's also, like, the super goofiness of just them dealing with the ghost that's on ghost steroids and can't be killed. Because how did it even get in here in the first place? Mm. See, I didn't even remember this episode, to be honest with you, because I was kind of jazzed. Because, like, oh, shit, is it going to be, like, a, a real, like, true blue ghost episode? And it's just going to be ghost hijinks, which sounds kind of red with all the bullshit we've been going through recently. I thought this episode was actually, I actually thought next episode was this episode. Oh. Which is why I was like, we get a cool cameo next week. That's The cool cameo wasn't Mrs. Tran? No, it's something else. Oh. I don't know. Although Mrs. Tran is pretty great. Yeah, she is. Uh, let's talk about that sort of side of the story now. So, mm. Bunker's Haunted. Bunker's Haunted. Um, and it's haunted by Kevin, who's now a friendly yeah. ghost. Uh, and um, he's I kind like, of, hey, find my mom. I, I liked, I did like the idea that, like, 
because all of the angels are gone, all of heaven is closed for business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now everyone's just trapped in. I guess it's not purgatory, but it's just Kevin calls it the veil. Mm-hmm. I guess it's where ghosts hang out. I think it's um somebody had seen the fifth Harry Potter movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they saw yep. Sirius Black die and they were like, I've got an idea. Pretty Have much. we heard of the veil before? Is this the first time we hear of the concept of the veil? Maybe. I'm, um, I don't think that's something I can look up. No. Oh, SupernaturalWiki.com. The veil. Uh, the veil is a plane of existence on Earth. Ghosts, hellhounds, and reapers are able to inhabit. Mm. Oh. Oh, then maybe this isn't the first time we've run into the veil. We must have run into it when Dean was like a reaper uh, or whatever. Yeah, references... Uh, season two, episode seven, the usual suspects. Season three, sixteen, no rest for the wicked. Uh, four oh seven, it's the great pumpkin. Four fifteen, death takes a holiday. Uh, eight nineteen, taxi driver, and nine fourteen, captives. All right, well, here we are. Yeah. Um. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, whoops. (laughs) Oh, no! You close your eyes, young man. All I saw was something about a spirit bomb. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Honestly, I don't even remember uh, what that is about. I don't know. Apparently, it has something to do with what's going on right now, I think. Oh, all right. Well, never uh, But, yeah, so... What does the DBZ move have to do with Supernatural? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I, but, um, yeah, I think that's a cool concept. I wish Kevin was, like, you know, upset. Oh, yeah. He is so mellow this episode. He's very chill. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess he's had the time to process his own death. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Kevin being like, hey, guys, stop blaming yourself for my death kind of get felt like a get out of jail free card yeah. oh, not that definitely. it was sam yeah, and Dean's, absolutely like fault i will say sam being like i am so sorry was total bullshit because it's definitely not sam's fault yeah oh yeah absolutely sam but sam is the only sam's the only one who's allowed to say the words i'm sorry mm-hmm. god it's so true like you can argue whether or not dean had a hand of it i would say that dean like did not that it's his fault ultimately fault does lay on Gadriel you know right mm-hmm. yeah Um. but Dean definitely should have maybe warned people that there was an angel inside of Sam's body and also not you know gaslit everybody for half a season uh, that is a hill I will die on but like it's definitely not fucking Sam's fault like Sam had no way of preventing it mm. But it also wouldn't be out of, like, the question for, it wouldn't be out of character, nor would it be, like, um, surprising if Kevin was upset with it. Like, he's dead. He's, it's not a vacation. He's fucking dead. At some point, he will go to heaven or hell or wherever ghosts go when they don't have either of those options, and he will be dead forever. And what's especially tragic about this is that at this point, Kevin's like 19. Hmm. 
He barely lived. He was made a prophet of the Lord against his... Do we even know if Kevin's Christian? Like, I don't think does he even were. believe in the Judeo-Christian God? Well, that's I say the Christian deal. and not Muslim yeah, or I mean, Jewish yeah, God, the, because, like, let's be real, Christianity, or uh, Supernatural is super Christian. One so, of the yeah. previous... Uh, uh, hell, the prophet before Kevin was an atheist, so... Yeah. Like... You do not have to be Christian to be a prophet, but I feel like that adds a little bit of a sting, right? Like, you're out here mm. dying for a god you don't even worship. Yeah. Um. So Kevin barely lived. He's a prophet. He suddenly becomes a pawn in, like, two Supernatural Forces games. Uh, his mom gets kidnapped. He's tortured for a while. He also gets gaslit, but by Crowley. And then he fucking dies. While staying with two fully grown men who should have worked harder to protect him. Yeah. It is his his life is so shitty. And like he's just like, eh, whatever, you know, death is death. Bad draw. Yeah. And he has to face his that was a that was actually something I feel I feel like a missed opportunity. So when Kevin and uh uh Mrs. Tran get a, um reunited I wish we had seen that scene. It cut off. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to see a scene where uh, they try to hug and then Kevin just phases right through her. Yeah. And then, like, like we get something to see like that. the conversation, but it cuts. Kevin and, and Mrs. Tran see each other. She doesn't, like, reach for him or anything. She just walks up and kind of stands close to him. And then it cuts to Dean and Mrs. Tran going through Kevin's stuff. Hmm. And I, I would have liked to see, you know, their reunion outside yeah, they, of what we got. Oh, hell yeah. They, uh, I think the hug may have been seen a little too goofy, but that would have been cool if, like, a little, like, a bittersweet moment, like, joke moment, I guess, with that would have been cool. Now that I talk yeah. about it. Or just, like, yeah, any any amount of conversation I would have accepted. I don't know. I just feel like they cut that a little short. They should have let that emotional beat land a little harder, I think. Yeah. If they didn't have all the cast stuff this episode, there would have been time for it. Yeah. They also probably could have cut a scene where, like, the demon kid is like, I will torture you. I hate internships. I bet if we could interview a writer for this show, for this episode specifically... They would be like, all right, it was either Bunker's Haunted or the Heartfelt Moment. Yeah. Oh, God. Such, don't make me choose. Mm. You know? Um, if we are ever able to interview writers for this show, I hope we're able to get Buckner and Ross Lemming. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, first of all, if I'm kidnapping them as we speak. Second of all, I'm kidding. I'm obviously that's not happening. I'm not kidnapping anybody. Jokes, 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 jokes. Um. Oh, did y'all catch that the funeral at the beginning of the episode was a Catholic funeral? Yes, I did. The only Christianity is Catholicism, and then there's also whatever Buddy Boyle had going on. Yep. I think that was baptism? I don't know. 
Yeah, well, some kind of like baptism evangelical. We've had hints of evangelical Christianity throughout mm. the show. Yeah, but it's either like real but, crazy shit or like Catholicism. Yeah. I'm oh just yeah, saying, definitely. It's like there's set, two kinds of Christianity yeah, and supernatural. Yep. Yeah. Can you imagine like a Methodist <laughs> episode? God, that'd have been so funny. That just focused on the Methodists. <sighs> What would uh, they do? Like, nothing. Not a goddamn. The Methodists yeah. are so <laughs> chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the <laughs> As the resident Methodist. <laughs> someone, you just yeah, I also grew up Methodist oh, and I'm like, what? Yeah, what would what, 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 what we do? <laughs> like, uh, you know what? You know how you know have a Presbyterian. Have a potluck, I guess. Yeah, you know how you know a Presbyterian church has been haunted? Somebody claps during service. That's how you know that something of the devil is going on. I'm just saying there is a missed opportunity. More Protestant. There needs to be more Protestant, like genre television shows. Yeah, fuck. So, and it's so weird to me that they seem to come down on the side of actually the Catholics kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here you go. Uh, Methodist. Methodist episode of Supernatural. A priest has a beer and it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what like, it is. Same goes for Episcopal, I believe. Mm. Uh, a priest has a beer. Actually, it's Episcopal, it's a glass of wine. Um, here's what it is. Uh, you know you've hit like a non-Catholic but non-fundamentalist episode of Christianity when the uh, preacher that they talk to is a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and has a husband or a wife. That's how and you know. Isn't blonde. And isn't and it has it is a brunette. Has black hair, oh, something, goodness. maybe a redhead, who knows. <laughs> you know, we can dream, right? We can. We can. When we remake Supernatural, all of the Catholic representation is actually going to be Methodist. Hell yeah. It's just going to be a guy. Like, all of the preachers are just, like, wearing, like, normal clothes. Yeah. They're not in the little maybe Catholic priest robes. Yeah, maybe maybe a suit, but nothing too crazy. Honestly, sans suit jacket with the sleeves rolled up. So, I want to talk real quick about my personal favorite scene in the episode, and I'd be interested to hear what y'all think about it, and that is when Sam finally reaches Mrs. Tran, and she's like, oh, it seems like y'all had the intelligence not to bring my son along to this dangerous mission. Real quick, I guess we should explain, actually, where Mrs. Tran is. So, Mrs. Tran has not been dead. She, uh, Crowley has her, kept her alive and in a bunker with like three other people. And the reason why they find this out is because of a ghost named Candy who was also in the bunker and ran away. And the reason why she was kidnapped is she is, and this is how they describe her in the episode, a kept woman of a powerful U.S. Congress person. And I'm just going to say kept woman Robert, are you traveling from the Ugh. 1900s? Like, the early 1900s? What are you doing, bud? Come on. Yeah, that was a very strange line. That was a the, weird word choice. 
you could have just said the word mistress. Yeah. yeah. Or like girlfriend. We don't know if this yeah. congressperson is married. Maybe they're just dating. So I, think, I actually I think they... thought the whole candy thing was kind of sexist. It was also, in general, a little pointless. Yeah. Like, the whole thing was a little drawn out. Like, talking to her in the radio and all that. Yeah. I actually did think that was kind of a cool scene and a clever way to make contact with a ghost. When they haven't been a ghost long enough to, like, control themselves, really. Right, but when she started telling her whole death story, I was like, I was checked out. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I was like, can we get to the point, Candy? But they make fun of her for being named Candy, something that she, you know, like, doesn't have much control over. I don't know, is it her birth name? Like, stop. They make fun of her for being named Candy. They, like, the whole kept woman thing, it's very much like, she's a whore. She's got a whore's name. She is a slut mixed slutty slucks like. She's the cram of sluts. Like, yeah. It's just like, y'all, this woman was recently murdered and did nothing except, like, have a relationship with the wrong person and had an apartment that he paid for? Like, this is not that crazy. What are you doing? Stop. Yeah, if anything, make fun of the uh, politician. Yeah, or. Mm-hmm. Or who cares? Like, mm-hmm. if, if the politician's cheating on his wife, then, okay, that's fucked up. Or if he's, like, using, you know, taxpayer money to pay for his mistress's shit, that's fucked up, too. Mm-hmm. But we got no indication that either of those things were happening, other than, like, yeah. nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hits. Ah, Candy is a whore's name, so... Maybe whoever... Candy, whoever senator or congressman Candy is dating, is the first polyamorous U.S. congressman. True. We don't know that. Yeah, we don't know. So, I be a little, little less judgmental, Robert. Jeez, Robert. Fucking Rob. Sam has a line where he's like. We're contacting... I can't believe we're contacting a ghost named Candy. Sam, she is a recently murdered woman who did nothing wrong. Yeah. A little compassion would not be out of place here. Okay, so anyways, my favorite scene in the whole episode, a.k.a. the only good scene. So Sam and Dean go to this um, storage unit where it turns out Crowley is keeping the captives, and they are being taken care of by a demon who is very clearly a demon from minute one. Um, he's the kid who's like running the storage unit and he was left there by Crowley and it's an internship, but he's like really unsatisfied because he doesn't get paid. Mm. And like Crowley's disappeared and is not talking to him and he's like, Dean's like, actually, Crowley and I are best friends now, and he'll be real mad if you fuck me up. And then the kid's like, oh, now I'm going to super fuck you up. So he starts cutting Dean up and is like, thank you for reminding me why I'm a Dean. I don't know. It's real fucking stupid. Anyways, Sam is tasked 
with finding Mrs. Tran. And he does. And she says that line about how, you know, at least you had the sense to leave Kevin. And Sam's like, oh, Mrs. Tran, I have to tell you. And Mrs. Tran says, take me to my son. And Sam's like, complicated. And Mrs. Tran is like, Sam, take me to my son. And it was like, kind of got teared up. Uh, Lauren Tom did a really good job. I really felt for her in that moment. Uh, Yeah, she was, uh, she's awesome. So, unrelated, did you know she voiced Amy Wong in Futurama? I did not know that. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's also in the Joy Lock, the Joy Luck Club, a movie I have not seen, but a um, book I read in high school. It was very good. Does this mean we can watch Futurama for Let's Shag Ass? Hell yeah, it does. Sure as shit can. Oh, oh, she also voices yes. a character in uh, Samurai Jack. Um, oh, oh, this has voices... just unlocked a lot of potential. Oh, Fuck yeah. Did. Oh, man. She voices a I, character I had, in... I hadn't uh, even considered. Teen Titans Go!, Holy shit. Um, she's in the TV series short, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, which I did not know was a short, and now I want to watch it. She voices the character Kendra in two episodes of uh, Rick and Morty. Hmm. Um, oh, she's in uh, Young Justice. She plays a lot of characters in Young Justice. Um, she's been in a lot of stuff, and it seems like she's been a big uh, voice actor. So that's okay. really exciting. Mm-hmm. She's in Pound Puppies. Do you want to watch Pound Puppies? That sounds... Sure. That has a terrible <laughs> name. Oh, she's also in uh, King of the Hill. She plays Connie. Oh, that's cool. No way! Yeah. Holy and a couple shit. of other people in uh, King of the Hill, including Min, I can't pronounce that last name with no practice, and that's, Con, um, I also can't pronounce that last name with no that's practice. That's Connie's last name, or parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Connie's parents. Uh, Wait, she did both of Connie's parents? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. She's also in a bunch of DC stuff. She plays Wonder Woman in DC Nation's Farm League, uh, which I have no idea what that is. She's in the she's in an episode of The Boondocks. Holy she shit. She has been in everything. Oh, she's in she plays number 3 in Codename's Kids Kids Next Door. We are definitely nice. watching that. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. And she's an American dragon, Jake Long. It looks like she plays uh, Jake's mom. Well, my apologies for the last pick of uh, Let's Shag Ass. Holy shit! She's in Teen Titans as Gizmo and Jinx? Oh my god! And she's in Avatar oh, The Last Ember, em- uh, Air Buyer. She's Judy. We have just tapped into an incredible well. We yeah, really yeah. have. Because I'm pretty sure Judy is the woman who takes them on the tour of Bossing Say and is like, there's yeah, no she's, war there's in Bossing Say. There's no war Bossing in Bossing Say. Yeah. Yes. She's in Totally Spies. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Finally, oh, an wow. excuse to watch Totally Spies. Uh, she's in The Division. I don't know what that is. Is she she's a in, main? She's in, in Batman a... Beyond? Oh, fuck. Is she a main in Totally Spies? So yeah. I haven't seen Totally Spies in a really, really, really long time. Mm-hmm. This entire episode could just be us listing off uh, Lauren Tom's credits. 
Yeah. She's fuck. in Kim Possible. She's in God the Kim damn. Possible movie. Hold on. Totally spies. She's in Mulan 2, which let's not watch that. <laughs> oh, she's in What's New Scooby-Doo? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, she's in Batman Beyond. Yes, I just mentioned that one. Oh, okay. Keep up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally spy. She plays Sunny slash Keiko slash Lady Dragon. She's only in three episodes, and she plays a different character uh. in each episode, so... I feel like they were like, we are having a lot of Asian women in this show. We're going to get one person to play all of them. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. She's in Pepper Ann. She plays Alice Kane in Pepper Ann. Hmm. She's in Superman, the uh, animated series. Damn. You know what's kind of cool is it looks like she has played a lot of Asian characters. Yeah. Holy shit, she was a recurring character on Friends? Holy shit! She played huh. Julie. I don't have y'all. Y'all have watched Friends, right? I haven't. I have, but I watched it like six or seven years ago, and I watched it like while I was playing something else. So I uh, bare. I only. I pretty much listened to Friends. I didn't actually see what was going on most of the time. That's fair. That's well, probably the best Lauren, way to watch Friends. She's in Clerks. Holy shit! The the movie Clerks the the TV series. Oh. The TV series is pretty dope, though. I have it on DVD yeah. somewhere. She's only in one episode of The Nannies. Oh, The Nanny, not The Nannies. Like Friend Resher Nanny? Yeah. Oh, shit. This woman has done, like, everything. Yeah, she's done video games, too. Um, a couple of, like, DC video games. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, if she's voiced Wonder Woman, I bet she's done a Wonder Woman game, Batman game. Uh, maybe the oh, Flash. They, they also apparently did an episode of um, like a Codename Kids Next Door video game, and she reprised number three for that. Oh, I, yes. I cannot believe she was number three in Codename Kids Next Door. I loved that show. Oh, she, shit, she good. plays Trish in Rocket Power? Damn. Holy oh. shit. This woman is just crazy talented. Yeah, fuck. If she was in The Weekenders, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I loved that show when I was a kid, The Weekenders. Oh, she was in uh, Chalk Zone, too. God damn. Chalk to Chalk Chalk Zone. You're just digging up all of my childhood right here. Shit. I know, mm-hmm. right? It looks like we have Lauren Tom to thank for, like, all at least part of all of the television shows I watched as a kid. Yeah, definitely. Including Teen Titans, which was amazing. I feel like the only stuff she wasn't in was in, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog and shit like that. Yeah, because yeah, there was, like, three voices in that whole show. Oh, you're right. You're right. There was, like, three voices and maybe a guest star. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I always know who the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. So, I have very fond memories of Codename Kids Next Door. And, of course, playing Amy Wong in Futurama is crazy. Like, I love that show. I love Futurama. 
It's interesting that they're bringing it back. We should actually talk about that sometime, but not tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, she's voiced some characters in World of Warcraft. Oh, we're going to do, for LSA, we're all going to play WoW. Oh, God. Mm, Yeah. I think we cannot, actually. I think I'm going to be sick that day. Yeah. (laughs) It's just going to be me. Somebody who's never played WoW, (laughs) trying to play WoW for the first time. I want to watch Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack is dope. I also want to watch Troll Hunters because I've actually heard really good things about that show. Samurai Jack is dope, though. Yeah. For sure. Ugh, we we have so many. We really there is a well we need to tap that is Lauren Tom's uh, IMDb page. She's in Disenchantment as Holy. um Trixie. I don't know who Trixie. I haven't seen Disenchantment. I don't know. I I only watched the first season of it, yeah. so I don't yeah. really know. Um, we should watch Young Justice. Young Justice is such a good television show. Hell yeah. So. Also, we're totally watching Witch because I get the feeling that neither of y'all watched that show, but I did. And we're doing it. Okay. Witch. Yeah. I thought we were talking about the movie. I was excited for a second. It's basically like American, like, Sailor Moon. Kind of. Uh, the pitch for the show is five teenage girls learn that they have been chosen to guard the walls between parallel universes. For this person's purposes, they have been given the power of the elements. Oh, what the fuck? That sounds awesome. Yeah, and it was W-I-T-C-H like, and they each, I don't know, represented a letter, I think. It's been a while since I've seen which. Is It was on the same channel, I think, as like, um, Totally spies, but then also winks. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. It does. It looks exactly like Totally Spies. Yes. It was on. Um, it was on a Disney Channel programming block. Mm. It also does have like Winks Club vibes. I remember getting the those shows mixed up a lot when I was like a preteen. Yeah. So, but yeah. Oh, this is so awesome. I'm so excited. Hell yeah. So, oh, we're definitely, definitely watching Witch. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, this is awesome. And, of course, okay. Futurama. <laughs> and King of the Hill. Yeah, if you want to listen to these episodes of Let's Shag Ass in the future, subscribe yeah. to our Patreon. Oh, God. Travis, you're picking the next uh, LSA. Do you have... Like, do you know what you're going to pick now? I mean, I'm definitely going to pick something from this list. I know, oh. right? This is going to be awesome. The next year is just us being like, all right, it's yeah, Lauren it's going to be. Again. It's going to be the year of Lauren Tom. <laughs> if you don't want to hear those episodes, get on our Discord and let us know. Also, let us know your most controversial non-political opinion. Discord, yeah. baby. You only have to pay $1 a month. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say I don't hate everything about this episode. Uh, there it has are things, its moments. Yeah, it has its moments. Um, I give this episode like a, I don't know. What do y'all give it? I like a six. Yeah, 5.7. <laughs> I would 
give it a I'm going to go lower than that. I, I would give it like a four. Mm -hmm. So that's fair. See, I liked I liked about half of this episode. So that's where I'm coming at it from. I'm guessing you liked about less than half of the episode. Yeah. It's more like the uh, inconsistencies really bugged me. Yeah. And then um, also the good parts, they didn't like let them last long enough. Mm-hmm. This episode gets a four for me because there's potential, but they didn't gra they didn't use that potential to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to know what some other people rated this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As per usual, I'm going to read one low one and one high one and anything else that, uh, captures my, my interest, you know, by title alone. Mm. Uh, do you want the high one or the low one? I will say this for, for IMDB supernatural ratings, this is a pretty, like none of these are 10 out of 10. Oh. Yeah. Give me give, give me the high one first. Yeah. Okay. Ugh, narrative weight. <laughs> As a conclusion, at least for several years of Kevin's story, this is the cromulent episode. It has just what you want to see in the trans story, and the character beats are nice. I also think the lackey demon is just different enough to be more than a henchman. That helps keep the episode fresh. But at the end of the day, this is another episode that only exists to complete a checklist on the season arc, and it has no identity apart from that. It is yet another episode that feels like it's treading water. 8 out of 10. Damn. So, um, here's another 8 out of 10 review. That's the highest this episode got. And wow. I, I feel like it may be a little nicer. Uh, great episode! Captives was written by Robert Behrens, the same person who wrote the episode Heaven Can't Wait. And since I thoroughly enjoyed Heaven Can't Wait, I had high expectations for this episode, and it did not disappoint. The emphasis was mine. This episode has a lot going on. In the very beginning of the episode, we have Sam and Dean in the Men of Letters bunker. The, the lights begin to flicker, and cups start exploding. So the boys quickly come to the conclusion that it is haunted. The remainder of their time in the episode is dealing with the ghosts. On the other hand, we have Castiel on his own in the, this episode, who, while confronting an angel, is then approached by a set of new angels that work for Bartholomew. Thank God we are finally progressing. I have spent the last several episodes frustrated by the lack of development going on with the story and the characters. We finally have Bartholomew, an angel who is in charge of leading a large faction of angels, appear and confront Castiel. I wasn't sure what the expect of this meeting, but I was pleasantly surprised by how it turned out. Captives ended up being quite an emotional roller coaster, with some very touching scenes for the brothers and some cool fighting for Castiel. The pacing was good. Nothing felt rushed or horribly drawn out. It was very well written. I definitely think Robert Barron should write more episodes in the future. 8 out of 10. Well, if I got good news for you, Shane3182. Are we waiting for him to answer? Uh, huh. Huh. Oh, I forgot to mention at the end of the episode after Cass kills Bartholomew, but like does a speech about how angels need to stop hurting angels, but then like two seconds later hurts an angel. Um, who, to be fair, did attack him. Mm. Uh, just the, the proximity of that was very funny to me. Um, some angels who were working for Bartholomew come up to Cass and they're like, you're our leader now. Yeah. Yeah. You, I listened to you and that was a good thing and now you are our leader. So... That's uh, that's happening now. I'm, 
So I'm also scrolling through these reviews, and there's some, like, Sam and Kevin hate going on. Yeah, yeah. I know. And also, only two of these reviews are not from the last calendar year. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, I gotta read this one. It's one of the lower ones. From title alone. More angel gangsta wars and yeah. drama. <laughs> and that is gangsta. Yeah. But at least we get Kevin. As soon as I saw that, I knew that was gonna be the one you chose. I know, right? <laughs> I just like the whole angel thing when it's too much. Only in small doses is it fun. Also, maybe it's the binge watching, but I remember that Castiel, what Castiel did three seasons ago. Yes! Enough to know this is nonsense. Supernatural. <laughs> maybe it's the binging, but I definitely remember what happened three seasons ago. Hey, it is not just the binging, because I also remember what happened three seasons ago. Uh, Supernatural is never angel politics and while it, an interesting concept I don't like watching half of it devoted to Bart and Castiel having a lame match I don't hate Castiel just his storyline basically yep this is where I stopped watching Supernatural it's not the best season Seven was better seeing Kevin was great I'm not one of those people who can't stomach deaths of Kevin and Bobby just because they are dead. I think there wasn't much more that could have been done with the character. So as much as I liked him, this was a good choice. Mm. I like seeing the mom too, but that part was too plain. Not that our characters are uh, not that great. Our characters are also dumbed down again. Six out of ten. Uh, I will say this review has a couple of points. And I actually do think our characters kind of like hold on to the idiot ball this episode. Mostly because Dean just goes off on his own with somebody who is, like, definitely a demon. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. I was like, when Dean and Sam are walking into stuff they know has demon activity going on, they should just start throwing holy water at people. Like, immediately. Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> or not splitting the fucking party. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, guys, play one session of D&D. God, yes. you know what? Now I am shocked there was never a D&D Supernatural episode. I think they went LARPing instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame? Question mark? <laughs> oh, hell. All right. Do you want me to read another one? Um, can I guess which one it's going to be? I was actually going to ask if y'all wanted the Kevin hate one or the Sam hate one. Sam uh, hate. Sam hate. I'm kidding. Sam hates. Oh, okay. I thought we were chanting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're both. (laughs) I hate them both for different reasons. I think we Uh, did the Kevin hate one last time there was a Kevin hate review. So I'm going to do a Sam hate. Okay. Yeah. Let's do the Sam hate one. I don't like this. I don't like this review. Thank you, Kevin. No, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Kevins, for saying what I think every one of us is thinking at this point. No more bro-on-bro drama, please. It's stupid, and frankly, we've had enough. To be fair, I was thinking that. (laughs) It's just the same thing, season after season. One did something bad, and the other is holding over his head. In this case, it's Sam who's being childish, blaming Dean for talking him out of boarding up hell. Newsflash, Sam, you chose that path. 
Nobody did it for you. It's getting so tedious to watch the petty infighting, and it doesn't even hold up from a character arc point of view. Yes, in the first few seasons, it was kind of their style, blaming each other for letting the other one down, but man, both brothers have messed up so many times now, it's ridiculous to keep blaming each other. I realize now that I'm addressing two fictional characters when, in fact, I should be addressing the writers. So, dear Supernatural writers, please stop. It's stupid. I had to get that off my chest, since all of that is uh, overshadowing an otherwise pretty great episode. There's action, drama, the good kind, and the pacifist Castiel plot is awesome. I would probably rate this an 8 or 9 if it wasn't for the ending. Please get the brothers to realize they need each other, and they need to forgive each other. 6 out of 10. That wasn't as much Sam hate as it could have been. It's true. So, I agree that I do want, like, this drama to stop. I'm very tired of, like, these petty fights with the brothers that ultimately mm-hmm. don't mean anything because, like, nobody's behavior chains. But please understand that if the petty fights were, like, compelling or led to serious character development, I would not feel that way. Definitely, yeah. Conflict and drama is necessary for story progression and character development. Yeah. Like, especially in a show like this. The issue is that Dean went way too far. Mm Mm-hmm. And the writers can't um, see a way back for the brothers. That's not just Sam being like, I guess you were right. I'm sorry. I mean, there's a, like, there's there's eight different ways to have that conversation. and They picked none of them. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's because they haven't truly made up yet. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, they're not going to fucking make up to the end of the season. Sam has legitimate reasons for being mad. Yeah. But because we never learn anything, it's, yeah, it's just the way it is. Well, also, those legitimate reasons don't get mentioned. And, you know, to give credit to Dean, if my sibling was dying and I had a way to save them, like, I probably would do some pretty morally questionable things to make that happen. But have that conversation. Have that, have the conversation where Sam is like, I'm hurt because you lied. You lied. And you became Mm. someone else in my life who violated my bodily autonomy when you should have been the last person to do that. Mm. You didn't trust me to make my own decisions again. And then Dean can be like, you were dying. I was at the end of my rope. What was I supposed to do? Cass was missing. Bobby's dead. Like, that's the conversation that needs to happen between Sam and Dean, and it's just not happening. Yeah. I really, I, I truly don't remember much about how they make up in season nine, and I really hope it does happen. Because it might, and I just don't remember it. But I really hope it does. Anyways, I, sorry. Rant over. That's fair. I think they yeah. make up, but I don't remember how. I'm in the same they, boat as you. Yeah, spoiler alert, Travis. They make up. I just don't remember either. I have a feeling it might be at the very end of season nine, and if that is the case, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's see. Any uh, final thoughts before we move on to the next episode? Uh, oh, I am so excited about the next episode. Really? Yeah. I just I just looked and saw what it was and who's in it. Oh shit. Um I will go ahead and say this. Uh I saw the name of the next episode and I was like it's too no, stop supernatural. <laughs> Cease. Cease your crimes. Uh Travis, would you like are you ready? To know what the next episode is called. Hashtag thin man. You gotta include the hashtag. Hashtag thin man. Or as I like to call it, because I'm 80, a pound sign. Oh no, this episode came out in 2014. Sure Mm. did. Hey, guess what else was a big talking point in 2014? Oh no, no, no! Guess what else? It's a Five Nights at Freddy's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that one. This it's is actually a the Night Super Hulak episode. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> oh, God, man. Opportunity missed. We are absolutely doing a Super Hulak episode if we have the money to get rights to mention those other properties. Uh, oh boy we should just start writing fanfic at this point y'all haven't <laughs> uh, no oh. what I want to know is when our next uh, uh, Travis what I want to know is what is hashtag thin man about I told you it's about Freddy Fazbear <laughs> oh, oh is that it okay you don't have <laughs> yeah, any that other was it. you don't have any other um no, nah, it's about that purple guy. Well, all right. <laughs> I don't know enough about a supernatural to say what that purple guy is. Um, well, Travis, or not supernatural. I don't know enough about Five Nights at Freddy's. Sorry, I was trying to figure out what our next Buck Lumming episode is. Uh, it's not oh, the next yeah, one. I don't know. I went ahead and I, I was I like, is looked. this a Buck Lemming episode? But no, it's not. Sadly. I wish it was. Can you imagine the unmitigated chaos? The one after it is. Yes. Yes. Buck Lemming. Buck Lemming. Okay. Oh, um, shit. It's that episode. Oh, shit. Oh, no, no. Oh, shit. It's that All right. episode. Yeah. Let's, let's land this plane. All right. Well, Travis, I don't know if any of that's going to happen next week, but if it does, we'll talk about it right here on Hey Ass Butt. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, check out our uh, socials at Hivecast on Twitter and Instagram and Hey Ass Butt a Supernatural Podcast on Facebook. We've also got a Patreon where for as low as $1 a month, you get access to our Discord where we chit chat about a ton of things. Ben sometimes hosts movie nights. It's a fun time. Uh, for $3 a month, you can gain access to the other show we do, Let's Sag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are, in fact, not supernatural. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye. Bye.